I would like to welcome everybody to the second episode of Randomality at its finest. Today I'm joined again by Aaron Jaswell. Hey Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank How are you, you doing on this fine, cloudy, muggy, sticky day? <laughs> uh, I'm doing as well as anybody else, I suppose. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. You, you watch any podcasts, by the way? Um, I'm curious. Very little. Uh, I watch one. It's called Drunks and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Um, they're a D&D podcast, and mm-hmm. they do some of the video and audio and stuff. I bet those are really entertaining. They, they are very, very entertaining, <laughs> especially if you have uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, background or you're interested in it or anything like that. I would definitely recommend checking them out because then it gives sure. you uh, a good outlook of what to expect if you want to get into it or you can get ideas from it if you already play Mm -hmm. it's really really fun i bet speaking about that uh i was watching a joe rogan podcast as i'm sure people on this podcast will get tired of me talking about but (laughs) he's my uh i guess you could say my role model in terms of podcasting but he was speaking to a medical historian and she was talking about the background of gossip. I don't know if you're aware of the background of that term. I can't say that. So as we know it today in society, when you gossip, you're talking trash about somebody or saying what could be rumors or face fake facts or, you know, anything like that. So many definitions to it, but none of them of which have anything to do with the original um, thing that it came from. So what it originally came from was from a medical background what would happen is this would be in times where obviously they didn't have cell phones or anything like that. And they obviously didn't have hospitals either. So women would give birth and at home. Uh So what would happen is when a woman was giving birth at home and she was, you know, obviously going into, into birth, uh, what she would do is she would send somebody out called a gossiper would go and tell people that she was giving birth so that there would be somebody who would come and help her um, because obviously she has nobody to call nowhere to go so that's where the term originally come from was gossip you would gossip the information that she is um, giving birth and then people would come and help and help out with the birth and whatnot I just found that to be so interesting because you wouldn't think a, a regular term like that would turn into what it's turned into um, so on that podcast, she talked about a lot of other kind of interesting things. Uh, so she mostly did history from the time of the, I think it was the, what was it, the suff- the pain age or suffrage age. Oh, the suffrage. Yeah. And she would talk about how, um, how they conducted surgery at that time, how they, you wouldn't be put to sleep. There would be no sort of pain relief and they would physically, if you had to have a limb re- removed, they would physically saw your mm-hmm. limb. And what they would do, too, is this was like an art at the time because it was very hard to do. So they would fill an entire auditorium or an arena with people to view you getting your leg cut off or your arm or whatever. Um, Because people were fascinated by the art of being able to do this successfully. And it was extremely unsanitary. They they wouldn't clean your your tools or whatnot because of the fact that they, they, they at the time didn't know germs existed. So what they would do is they would simply be like, it's dirty already. Why clean it? So they just use it on the next person again. Yeah, it's definitely kind of crazy to think about like how far we've come in, in like medicine. Um, the practitioners 
are so much more advanced and so different than you know when they first started discovering medicine and all the different applications that they used to do you know and just not even just like here you know just a wide variety of different practices all throughout the world it's all come so far mm -hmm. and it's crazy to think that you know like ancient shaman used to you know rub you know solutions poultices and, and stuff herbs and things you know into your open wounds and be like this will cure you whereas <laughs> now you know you have a big gaping hole in you then you go to the doctor and they sew you up you know yeah. they give you antibiotics and things like that so that's really really wild to think that you know we used to just hack people apart in yeah. front of other people <laughs> yeah and then reuse the instruments without cleaning them at all yeah, well no you, you can't blame them either because they didn't know germs existed to them it's like it made no sense to clean their instrument it was just gonna get dirty again yeah and, and I, I guess I can understand that philosophy, but you know, now that mm -hmm. we, now that we know better, it's it's just kind of hilarious to think about. And one of the neat things too that I learned from that podcast was, um, she talked about how their first, I think the first painkiller they came out with was ether. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. so they would they would use ether to. Um, reduce the pain on pa on patients but obviously that's very unhealthy for you <laughs> yeah. so then what they started doing is they discovered cocaine and they would use cocaine to kind of make you not aware of what was happening um, but then what happened was the doctors got addicted to it and they started i think it was meth is what they used to get off of their cocaine addiction oh, <laughs> so it's like it's just a clearly a time of learning and evolving and it was just crazy to think about how far we've come from that. Right. Just going from hacking off limbs to now we clean everything. And if, <laughs> if anything, like any little tool hadn't been sanitized, I mean, you could get in some big trouble from for that from right. a uh, hospital's perspective. Right. <clears throat> it was wild. Um, moving on to kind of a different topic, and I know it's one of you and I's favorites. Um, superheroes and superpowers. Me and Aaron always like to have these conversations of <laughs> what if you could have this power and what would be the downside of this power. Um, I know one of them that we had talked about. What was it that you could generate gold? Was that it? You could or money? You could generate as much money as you want, but there there was a negative side to it. Do you remember uh, what that was? I don't remember what the negative was, but. Yeah, it's it sounds so it, great and whatnot, like you know, it, just willing money into existence. But then, like, I, I think I think it was like the morality of it. So, like, yes, you can have as much money as you want, but for every amount that you take in, or you know, every time you use the power, um, your your morality goes down. You know, oh yeah, you become less you, happy. Yeah, yeah, you become less happier. You yeah. know, the, you become less wealthy in things that like are very very important. Like that's not to say money is important because, unfortunately, you know, money is very important in this day and age. You can't really do a whole lot without money of some sort. And so, the problem was, you know, was it worth it? Sacrificing mm -hmm. your happiness, sacrificing things that you needed in your own head versus you know the materialistic things to help you get through life well and that's the neat thing about superpowers too is when you watch a movie a lot of the times you notice that there's always a negative to a superpower 
which you really do wonder if you did have a superpower in real life, do you think that there would typically be a a strong negative to it? I think so, because I think the world typically evens itself out in a sense. So if you have something truly special, there's something truly negative to conduct counterproduct that. That's a word. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think that is definitely true. Um, especially like in this case, like say you're one of the only people that, or I guess in this scenario would be like one of the first people to have superpowers, you know, say that comes to fruition and somehow you have whatever power it is. Well, the government's going to come down on you, especially if you broadcast, hey, I have superpowers. <laughs> you know, they're going to come down on you and try and figure out how, how did how did he get there? Yeah, how did you get superpowers? Did you eat some radioactive material? <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they scrutinize, they'll put you under lab tests and things like that. I think that would be the main negative because then, you know, with any government, I'm not just saying U.S. government or anything like that, but any government, you know, wherever you are, you get powers, then, you know, they're going to want to militarize that. They're going to want to weaponize that. And that becomes a problem for everybody. So I think speaking of powers and superheroes, who's your favorite out of all of them, out of all of them in um, existence, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Gambit from Gambit. X-Men. Now you see, I, I'm not a total nerd um, <laughs> in terms of X-Men and some of those characters. So explain to me what, gambit does what is his power remind me uh gambit has the ability to amplify a kinetic charge okay even on he he has he has the ability to um create potential energy basically into kinetic energy Mm -hmm. um his obviously his favorite method of doing that is when he's in fighting um he uses a deck of playing cards you know, he charges the cards with kinetic energy, and then he throws it at his enemies, and then it explodes. So uh, he can do that. <laughs> That's with, quite a power. Yeah. Yes, he can. He can do that with any power, but um, that is his main method of using said power. Well, I'm sure I've told you this before, but my favorite one is um, when you watch Deadpool, the chick who has good luck. Oh yeah. To me, it's like. Why wouldn't you want that? No matter what she does, it somehow works out for the best. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter if she decides to jump in front of a moving vehicle. Somehow something crazy happens and it just doesn't hit her. <laughs> right. So to me, it's like that is the ultimate ability to be able to just whatever you do, you will succeed because you have good luck. I'm, I'm curious as to what the what do you think the downside to her power is? Isn't no. it that she feeds off of other people or something? I'm not. I don't. Or no, even, I'm not exactly completely even sure. I don't think there was a huge drawback to her powers. Um, Man, she's got it great, doesn't she? She does. Um, but in, in that case, if you look at the other side, um, DC. DC has a hero. Or I, I guess she was a villain, technically. But um, she has a superpower that's the same. Uh, she draws on luck. But the negative was that she was stealing everyone else's luck. And, mm-hmm. They were having um, a horrible time. They they figured out that she was doing it through quantum manipulation. So she was affecting quantum probability, which, you know, in layman's terms is luck. Mm-hmm. And so she was bending reality of her luck around her while stealing everyone else's. So while she was extremely lucky, everyone else's luck was really, really bad. Terrible things were happening all around her. And 
At first, she didn't even realize it when she first got the powers. She was just feeling really lucky. She thought, oh my goodness, my luck has finally changed. <laughs> didn't even realize everyone else's luck was going terrible. Hey, man, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I guess at that point you have to make the decision. Should I use my powers at all? Should I? I mean, what's morally correct when you think about it from that standpoint? What's morally correct in this? Uh, is Would it be, is it is it moral for me to use my powers sometimes but not all the time? Is it moral for me to use them because they were given to me and nobody else? or Or is it immoral and I shouldn't use them ever? <clears throat> I think that's a good question that, that, would be asked for people who were put in that character's shoes. Um, so I guess when you look at anything she does, is it's a she, right? Yes. When you look at anything she does, uh, you, you kind of have to, I guess, think of it that way. What would you do and what really truly is morally wrong and correct in that scenario? Personally, I don't know. I, I think... I think if you're a given a power, then you're meant to use it, but... I don't think that you were meant to use it necessarily for bad. So I think the only times that, if, if it were me, morally, the only times that I would feel okay using it is if it were to benefit more than just me. Yeah. Well, I mean, to quote a cliche, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's very situational. Um, you know, it depends on where you're at or know how you're feeling about the fact that you got these powers um as we see through you know any movie or if you read the comics or you know anything like that a lot of these heroes are kind of almost regretful of the fact that they have oh, these yeah. powers you know they're, they're trying to like hide them or get rid of them or that you know they, they just don't want to be you know, themselves because of the fact that they have these powers. A lot of them. The Hulk is one you see that most in. Oh, most definitely. Except, spoiler alert, in the newest one, he's kind of come to terms with himself. Um, but the entire series of the Hulk, you see him struggling with... He, he, he looks at himself as a monster. He hates it. Like, he, he does not enjoy it. Like, he even said in, I think it was, what was it, Infinity War? One of the Avengers. He said he put a bullet in his brain and the other guy spit it out. Oh, yeah, that was... The, uh, that's, like, that's clearly, like, the lowest of the low that a person can get. Right. So someone with phenomenal powers such as the Hulk, you know, they obviously don't love where they are. Right. But, but it makes you wonder, and obviously they state it, what happens when that person comes to terms with themselves and realizes how to balance it, just the good that they could do and, you know, how they could change the world is kind of crazy. And, I mean, if you want to take that as an example, I'm going off topic of, like, superheroes and stuff, like, that has some real-world applications to it, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, you could, if humanity as a whole, if we could all just come together and then, like, realize our actual... Uh, potential as a, as a race or, you know, just come to terms with ourselves. If each individual could come to terms with accepting who they are, you know, that'd the be... The negatives and the positives, yeah. Yeah, that would be a tremendous leap forward, you know. Massive. Could you, could you just imagine, like, the application of uh, how we would, you know, I guess evolve in this case. We would evolve as a race, you know, as, as a people. We would be more unified, I that feel would be like. That crazy, yeah. You know, it, 
we wouldn't have to worry about what tears us apart. We would more so worry how to connect ourselves each other that would be the bigger problem and that's a good problem to have i feel like yeah that's just thinking about that puts a smile on the face if you know thinking about the whole world understanding and coming to terms with themselves like this is who i am not that i'm not willing to change because i think that's a preposterous thing to say this is who i am take it or leave it but i think and i'm not saying you need to change things to be a good person but i'm saying understand what's negative about you and uh-huh. what you should work on changing and what's positive about you and what you shouldn't care what people think about it. Yeah. And finding that perfect balance. And I think if everybody had that, oh man, what a productive society we would be. <laughs> we would even be able to stop focusing on the little silly issues in life that we spend so much time over and we'd be able to just create. I mean, look, look at what we've created up to this point with not having that perfect balance. I mean, yeah. You look how far computers have can have come since like what was it? When was the first one created? It was like I think it was like seventies, sixties. Yeah, and just think about that. Over just a few forty or so years here, we've we've got virtual reality and all these crazy things. Just think if we hadn't been bickering with each other the whole time, right? And more so trying to figure out how to develop and and. Uh, continuously grow as a society i think we would be in a crazy place yeah and like if we could just let the small differences put be put aside and figure out like the bigger issues like you know humans don't have a long lifespan we Mm -hmm. are not you know we're not going to be here forever and especially with the rate we're going as a humanity you know we're we're destroying the planet we're not taking care of where we're living you know, that's that's one of the biggest issues that I see is the fact that we're not coming together to fight these issues, yet we're fighting about fighting about these issues. You <laughs> that's, know? that's the funny thing, too, is uh, <clears throat> people like to fight about um, topics such as saving the environment, but yet everybody wants the same thing. Nobody wants the planet to be trashed. Nobody wants, you know... Uh, and if they do, I think that they should not be listened to ever because they clearly don't have a strong moral ethic, moral ethic or or even really a, a high enough um, decision-making tool in their brain to understand that things are going a little south. I mean, right. sure, you can, you can argue about the rate at which things are changing. I think many people do, um, and I, I don't disagree with the idea of arguing that maybe our planet isn't being destroyed as quickly as people make it out to be but i still think everybody should agree on the idea that it's still being destroyed yes and And i think most of us do agree on it and with that we're we're more caught up in the how-to than the actual thing uh shoot i lost my train of thought there for a second it's all good um but with that, I mean, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, even if you look at, like, this Amazon forest thing, it is kind of neat to see that people are, co- that countries are coming together. I don't know if you saw, but I think it was on the news the other day. We're sending planes mm-hmm. from the United States down there to help take care of the fire. But obviously the sad part is seeing that most of that... I. I and I could be wrong here because I haven't read a lot about it, but from what I get is that it was a man-made fire that's now destroying our one of our biggest oxygen sources in the world. 
Um, so it's neat to see people come together to solve the problem, but the sad part is that we created the problem ourselves. Yeah. And, and honestly, are we doing enough to solve just that little problem alone um, is a question that can be asked. Yeah, and we, we cause so many other minuscule problems. And I, I guess along with those minuscule problems come like the bigger problems, like, you know, resources. We're, we're so concerned about the fact that we have limited resources. Yes, that is a problem, but I feel like a bigger issue with resources is the fact that, you know, our world leaders, all of them, not just a select few, all the world leaders are looking out for number one. They're looking out for themselves. They're not looking out for humanity as a whole. They're <clears> thinking... Well, that's because they I... don't see it that way. They see it as... No. Different groups. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what's what one of the, 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 the. <laughs> that's one of the biggest issues is that we aren't looking at this as a situation of what is the betterment for humanity, what can we do to help each other rather than ourselves, you know? And then on top of that, what happens is we're not taking into account the fact that a lot of these people don't care what happens to them. They're going to be gone soon. Mm -hmm. But this is passing on to the next generation. Yeah, not my problem mentality. Yeah. And so they're thinking, what can I do to make my life happy right now in this instance? I don't care what I'm passing <clears throat> on to the next. You know, that's not going to affect me. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem. If we want, you know, the rest of humanity to survive, to live, you know, for an unseen amount of years we got to start helping each other well, and i think with this topic there's a good middle ground to stand into and I, I i feel as though i stand there here's my problem with people who very loudly complain about the environment my problem is is that they act as though how do i how do i phrase this they, they act as though we as humanity can completely 100% solve the issue. And I think if you look at it from, from a, a broadened lens, what's really happening is a combination of a lot of things. There's, as we know, over time, obviously the environment has changed on its own. You know, mm -hmm. There's the ice age, things like that. So I think to disqualify the idea that the world and the temperature of the climate changes by itself in any way is kind of silly to disqualify yeah. that. But the same standpoint to say, well, we aren't doing anything to change that is the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. Like you have to, you have to look at what we're doing. Like right. we are throwing so much carbon in the air and polluting all these places, knocking down the Amazon forest to build things. It's just like to deny that we're changing um, the the earth and its climate and everything involved with that. Is absurd, uh, but I think I, I think from a perspective of how to fix it, uh, a recent idea that I kind of heard of that's interesting to me is the idea of using natural gas. I don't know if you've heard of this at all. Um, in Texas, they recently started using natural gas to run their factories, and what it does is natural gas puts out less um, carbon. I think it's monoxide in the air. Is that that's what it is, right? Carbon monoxide. I think so, yeah. um, and what what they do, what they've been able to do with these factories in Texas, is they recycle what they're putting out, 
and they run the plant off of carbon monoxide and natural gas. So it's like it's not going into the atmosphere. It's being looped and looped. And uh, something that I heard was that if uh, China and India switched all of their oil and gasoline-based factories over to natural and um, reusing carbon monoxide kind of based factories, which are still, as far as I'm aware, just as efficient as factories are today, I believe that the the factor was that we would reduce the pollution or the carbon carbon monoxide input in the climate by forty percent. Wow! Now, us as just the United States as a nation alone can only impact fifteen percent of that because we only produce fifteen percent of the carbon monoxide pollution in the air. Um, so, if we ourselves switched over to that, now sure that wouldn't eliminate everything that we're putting out because. Here, here's the here's the thing. We're always gonna drive cars. Obviously, I'm not gonna stop. I mean, I'm not gonna ride my bicycle and spend 30 more minutes. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. I'm not gonna do it. Um, and I don't think a lot of people will. Um, but I think people like Elon Musk have us heading in the right direction with uh, the the cars that run off of battery. And obviously, those are very expensive. I think as a nation, one of our best ways to kind of curb that issue is subsidize those types of things subsidize those companies making those those um items so that because obviously as competition happens you learn how to become more efficient at building things when you become more efficient things become cheaper so then as a society more people will be willing to purchase those things therefore leading to good output and uh, and subsidizing from a governmental standpoint it could be really helpful i think when you look at like restaurants for instance who use plastic straws a lot of them a lot of people want them to switch over to metal straws which actually work really well but the problem is is those are insanely expensive and as a business if other businesses aren't doing it you don't want to hinder yourself from keeping up with your competition by spending more on on straws right so if you subsidize that as a government hey we'll give you this much money if you buy metal straws so that we can help our environment i think that in turn would maybe incentivize people changing their business plans a little bit but still even then that's not the biggest factor in terms of helping the environment but it helps right anything else you have to add to that well like do you have any solutions i mean those are just some of the ones i've thought to myself in my head from a i i'm a very business-minded person so i i present things from a business perspective so i see businesses as being a big contributor to our pollution and whatnot i just think subsidies can really help with that well and and i'm in total agreement but then like you know one of the biggest problems that we have with that is, you know, these big companies, especially like oil companies and things like that, they don't want to give up the power that they have. You know, they don't want to start subsidizing so that they start making less money or things like that because oil companies, especially, you know, they're, they're such a huge industry, especially for us. And if we all of a sudden went to like, you know, natural means and uh, electronic means, and, you know, just natural energy... What, where would that leave them? And obviously they don't want to do that because that would take such a huge... Oh, yeah, day. there's going to be massive pushback if we tried to switch over. Yeah. The oil com- um, companies are probably one of the bigger um, 
we'll just say voices, I guess you could yeah. say, in, in government today, not just ours, not just the United States, but every government. Yeah. I mean, if you look at places like, I think it was Saudi Arabia, who has a ton of oil, or had at least, I don't know if they still do, and that kind of made them a priority for the world. People were trying to get in there and steal their oil resources. Just oil itself is such a valuable resource mm -hmm. in today's world that these companies have become very big. And if you try to change that, they will not be happy. They will probably do some, quite honestly, potentially unspeakable things to keep their business the way it's going. Right. Either that or we could turn it into a way... We could turn it into a thing where they compete against each other to figure out who can make... It would be very hard to do this. But you could turn it into a way where they want to change their means so that they succeed rather than do it in a dirty way. They do it in a clean way. What what can we do as an oil company to stay in business that will be good for the environment, that will go along with the narrative of what we're trying to do as a, as a country and as a world? So I don't know. Maybe that's a way you can help divert that is get them involved but i don't know yeah and i mean if you get them involved maybe start convincing them hey we can all you know pitch in you guys can slowly start transitioning mm -hmm. from being big oil companies to big natural energy resource companies mm -hmm. and then you know slowly start ebbing out how much uh you know oil we use how much you know the of the crude resources we use you know which are causing, you know, carbon emissions and all that kind of stuff. Well, and I do want to say, I don't want to make it sound like natural gas is the ultimate solution because I do know that there has been a link to, so you get natural gas from fracking, I uh -huh. think is what it's called. And those have been related to causing earthquakes. Now, how related are those items and what's the pros and what's the negatives? And I think we need to do some more research as a world into that and really understand what could be the potential impact both po both positively and negatively and determine if that's really the route to take. But as far as we can tell thus far, natural gas itself is far healthier for um, the environment and for the uh, climate change issue. Of course. And just, I mean, not necessarily natural gas itself, but like, you know, switching over to, you know, broad, array of natural resources that we have would be you know crazy crazy helpful to not just the environment but yeah. to humanity can you just imagine all the differences it would make like health-wise you know look at china china is one of the most heavily polluted countries in the world and especially because it's so large but like if they could cut back on all their crude resources and switch over to natural resources, what would that do for their environment? It would help um, drastically, not just theirs, it would in turn help out all of the continent of Asia's environment and then eventually that would, I mean, it's kind of like a domino effect. You start in one small place and it grows into a bigger one and then into an entire continent and then eventually it's affecting the whole world. Um, well, it could either be a positive change that changes the world positively or a negative one that changes it negatively. Um, but either way, it will eventually make a big impact. Yeah, of course. Um, one thing that I, that I have heard, though, lately is the idea of switching big cities over to solar and wind-based power. I, while I understand that standpoint, the biggest problem is with that is that we don't have a battery big enough in the world 
a built that's strong enough to hold the power that would sustain an entire city from mm-hmm. solar power over a night. So that's the problem with if we were, and I know Bernie Sanders has been a big preacher of this. It's called the new green deal. I think is the exact title of it. And it's basically proposing cities and the country converts completely over to solar and wind. While I get that places that are sunny all the time or whatnot, that work really well. But before we um, create a battery that works well enough and efficiently enough to supply a whole city with energy, overnight based upon solar and wind i think until that happens we can't really look at that as a um reliable go-to yeah oh and what could be done is maybe you know if we did make the switch make solar energy and wind energy you know the primaries you know whenever it is sunny out whenever it is windy out you know you there's a switch or something, mm-hmm. you know, that allows you to start harnessing that energy. But then in times of when we don't have, you know, the sun out or, you know, there isn't very much wind, then, you know, we can fall back on lesser resources like, you know, using oil and things like that. Mm-hmm. To, to so kind of a, a little mix of everything. Yeah. Just reduction of certain things. Exactly. But it kind of keeps the production on an equal standpoint. And I'm not sure how... Um, practical that would be i i i'm not it a genius sounds, yeah it sounds it, nice in theory yeah it does but uh you know you know maybe that would work perfectly well and people are just so stuck to their opinions that they aren't willing to change the fact that we could meet in the middle yeah. and that's the thing that kind of frustrates me about people sometimes is there's no meeting in the middle it's my side or nothing right it's like man if we would just get along a little bit better just a little bit that would be so much nicer. Um, but anyway, in terms of uh, the ecosystem, I think that we can definitely save it. Um, if we start making big moves now, you know, we, we it doesn't have to actually necessarily be big moves. We have to, but we do need to start thinking about it um, more seriously and dedicating our, our thought towards that direction, considering the earth is definitely being affected negatively. Yeah. Yep, it is our one home, and we're (laughs) destroying it. (laughs) Kind of letting it down a little bit. Anyway, well, Aaron, thank you for uh, being on the cast today. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Randomality at its Finest. Feel free to join us next time for more random conversation.